Praise God. Matthew 6, Matthew and chapter 6, <clears throat> a story that comes out of uh, uh, Dover, England, uh, British rescuers uh, say that a dog chasing a seagull uh, jumped off a 300-foot cliff uh, into the sea. Uh, this, little, uh, this little Springer Spaniel uh, was rescued uh, on February 14th and uh, uh, jumped 300 feet and out of that just had a collapsed lung and a little bit of a shock. Uh, but is now a national celebrity uh, for, uh, for the little guy's efforts. And uh, I was thinking of this, and sometimes when we uh, aim at things, at reach for things uh, higher than ourselves, uh, it is a very, very uh, exciting business. Uh, it is glorious business. It can be dangerous business. And uh, we are uh, we're going to look at something tonight far, uh, far higher and loftier than anything this little uh, animal was after. We want to talk about uh, being agents of holiness from uh, a passage of Scripture uh, we're going to look at tonight. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. <clears throat> Jesus says, In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I want to think with you uh, for uh, a moment about God is holy. Now, the issue sometimes here is the, the holiness of God. Uh, it's so far beyond our grasp that our eyes can glaze over and we, we think of the realm of, uh, of theology, but this is a very crucial thing here, right? Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he is giving them a pattern for prayer. And the very first thing that he says that we should pray about which means this is the thing that is most important to God that we should pray about, right? This is God telling us how to talk to God. And God says to us, pray that God's name would be hallowed. So our prayer, as our prayer aligns with heaven, this is what heaven wants. God wants to be known on the earth, and he wants his name to be hallowed. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Other translations will say, May your name be kept holy or honored as holy uh, or help us to honor your name or let your name be treated with reverence. And so we know God wants to be known. He has sent Jesus, the Word of God, to make him known. But he wants to be known above all else. He wants to be known as holy. The Father will be known, and he wants to be known that he is a holy God. In heaven, right, we see the curtain pulled back in Isaiah chapter 6. 
and the seraphim, cherubim, are there around the throne. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, you are probably aware that in, the, uh, in Hebrew, they're not a lot into adjectives. Uh, they, uh, they don't have a word for like, uh, something's very green or really green. They would say something's green, green. Uh, they, if they double something and repeat it twice, that is a, a very intensified form. And so what we have in uh, the text that we just read is not just holy, holy, but holy, 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 three times. Right? There is no other description of God that is repeated three times like that. Holy, holy, holy. So we know that uh, there are other attributes that we could talk about with God. He is uh, love, but the Bible never says he's love, 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 or mercy, 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 or righteous, righteous, righteous. It does say that he's holy, holy, holy. And that tells us this matters to God, his holiness, and that he is known, and his name is hallowed, that he is known as holy, is crucial to him. We want to know. We, we preach about God's faithfulness and thank God for that. We preach about God's love and thank God for that. He has all these wonderful attributes, but above all else, he wants his name hallowed. He wants to be known as holy. See, holiness is not just like one of the lists of God's attributes. It is actually describes and is part of every other attribute of who he is. It's not just he is he's loving, gracious, faithful, eternal, infinite, immortal, all of those. Every one of those things. His love is holy love. His faithfulness is holy faithfulness. Right? His righteousness is a holy righteousness. His mercy is a holy mercy. It, it, that's who he is. And it touches every aspect of his being. The word really means to cut or to be separate in our understanding. He is, he is a cut above us, so far above us that we can't grasp how much he is beyond us. Exodus 15, 11 says, Who is like thee among the gods, O Lord? Who is like thee, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? First Samuel says, There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides thee, nor is there any rock like our God. Now, to be holy obviously means to be morally pure, but it is... Beyond, it, it transcends just a moral purity, like God uh, does not do anything immoral. It is purity in transcendence. It is a, a purity, a perfection of purity that is beyond our ability to grasp. God is holy, and for him, 
He is holy in relation to every other aspect of his being. And when he, for you and I to know him and for you and I to make him known above every other aspect of his being, he wants to be known as holy. Now, we are not going to get there just by definitions. We're not going to get there just by talking uh, some descriptions. If we're going to grasp anything of the holiness of God, it's not going to come by definition. It's got to come by revelation. God has to make this known to us, right? This has to, this has to come to us supernaturally that God is going to be known to us as holy. I want to look secondly at agents of holiness. An agent, whether it uh, is a travel agent or secret agent or your insurance agent, or, this, is, this is a person who is given the responsibility, right, to uh, do business on behalf of another. And so what we are, the very fact that this is in a prayer that Jesus says you need to pray this way our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name that lets us know that we have a responsibility to be agents of his holiness if his holiness is going to be known in the earth it is going to have to come through us we have to be those who represent the holiness of God to the earth. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And each one of these requests of the rest of the prayer has to do with us. And so uh, give us this day our daily bread, right? Lead us not into temptation, right? Deliver us from evil. And so it follows that God's holiness being made known on the earth has to do with us too. How do we make his holiness known in the earth? I think one of the ways that we do is with our evangelism. See, the way that the gospel is so often uh, presented in our world today is to come to Jesus. And he loves you. He's just going to take care of you. And he just thinks you're so cute. Uh, and uh, he, he's going to uh, just do all kinds of good things for you. And, and uh, be, uh, he just wants to bless your life and give you lots of money and, and uh, slap a smile on your face 24-7. But see, that's not the issue of the gospel, right? The issue of the gospel is that there is a holy God in heaven and we are an unholy thing, Right? There is a gulf. When we talk about a separation, we're talking about a separation between us and God that we can absolutely never bridge by ourselves. And so the, our evangelism has to preach the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you and I can have a relationship with God because a holy God, right, who cannot even gaze upon evil has made a way so that you and I as unholy, an unclean thing, even our righteousness is as filthy rags. When we do our absolute best, we stink. 
And see, if we don't preach the cross, if we don't witness the cross, when we are in our uh, outreaches, in our door-to-door evangelism, in, uh, uh, in our music scenes, crusade, all that we do, if we are going to make God known as holy in the earth, we're going to have to preach the cross. We're going to have to tell people that Jesus was crucified for sinners like you and me. And that's the only hope because God's a holy God. And unless he forgives our sins and unless he imputes his righteousness to us, then there's no hope for us. I very often, after a music scene and there is an altar call given and have to pull the man aside and say, you know, that was a great illustration and, and uh, that was a great connection there and that was a great verse uh, that you used, but you know what? You didn't preach the cross. You didn't tell them that Jesus died for their sins. You told them how Jesus was going to help them and deliver them, do that, and thank God for all of that. But if we don't preach the cross, then we are not making God's holiness known. See, I think this also involves our worship. Now, uh, worship has become the thing, right? This is what everybody is, uh, every church is into. It's a, uh, the, the church that uh, once was the Yuma church that split off and is now uh, doing their own thing called Desert Fire. That's their whole shot, right? You, uh, so what are you guys doing for, for God these days? Oh, we're just loving Jesus, man. We're just loving Jesus. Well, you know what? We believe in worship. We believe in worship. But see, it's not a game that you play. It's not a thing that is doing so you can be so blessed. Uh, uh, we're doing major work on the building up in McMinnville right now, and so my office in the morning for my Bible reading is the, uh, is the Sunday school room. So I'm sitting in the Sunday school room reading my Bible, and these are, there's, you know, the Sunday school pictures on the wall, you know. And, uh, and these are from the Assemblies of God, you know. So these are full gospel uh, people, supposed to be. And uh, so there's a picture. Uh, this makes me mad every morning. There's a picture <laughs> of the day of Pentecost, right? This is now, this is a full gospel denomination, Right, teaching our kids about the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, and they're cartoons. Okay, so they're cartoons. So here's a picture of the day of Pentecost. There's tongues of fire on the heads of these guys and these ladies, and they're looking like this. That's what the day of Pentecost is all about, man. Just blissed out. We're just blissed out on the Holy Ghost. No, you know, they're not even speaking in tongues, you know. They've just got these big uh, grins on their face. But see, holiness means if we're going to make God known, then we're going to have to worship him in the beauty of holiness, the Bible says. We're going to need to worship him in the Holy Ghost. That means you need to speak with other tongues, Okay. Worship God. Don't just speak in tongues, but you need to speak in other tongues and worship God. 
And, you, you know, some of us, you know, you can get frustrated, you know, hearing a bunch of choruses. And who are you talking about? Who, who is this? Is this your boyfriend or Jesus that we're, that we're, we're singing about here? And, uh, and somehow, just who God is, is missing from our worship. We're, we're looking for the vibe. And thank God, the presence of God comes in the assembly. We need to, to contend for that. But many times, what we're contending for is for us to feel good. And the issue is exalting God and worshiping Him in the beauty of holiness. In heaven, again, Revelation 4, 8, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Jesus' prayer that he gave us said, Our Father, hallowed be thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, may your name be treated holy in our assemblies just like it is treated as holy in the throne room of heaven. Help us, oh God, that when we gather to worship, it's not just to, to get a buzz, right? Not just to get blissed out, not to just sing our favorite tunes, that it's about Him. And you know what? And I just noticed there was a chorus we sang the other night. There's more me, I, me, I, me, I in the chorus than God. <laughs> it's like, okay, and I'm not to throw out all your choruses. I'm just saying that don't, it, this matters to him. This matters in our manner of life. In 1 Peter it says, and, but he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. See, we're agents of his holiness. We're going to make it known through our evangelism. We're going to make him known as we worship him in the beauty of holiness. We're going to make it known because we need to live holy, right? Our lives need to be lives lived in the holiness of God. He says, you must be holy for I am holy. And my holiness matters to me more than any other quality of my nature. More than any other quality. Well, I love people like you, Lord. Well, that's great. But that's not my priority. But I'm faithful for... No, no that's, that's wonderful. He says, you should be holy, for I am holy. You know, I was raised, as some of you probably were, in the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, I went to St. Paul's. Actually, Pastor Olson and I both went to the same Catholic Church. St. Paul's, you walk in, Pastor Olson probably remember, maybe St. Paul didn't intimidate him like he did me, but we walk in and there he is, the statue, big sword in his hand and scowl on his face, and you just like, whoa, walk around and, you know, and uh, <laughs> slap some holy water on you and you just, uh, and that was a saint, right? That was a saint. And when I got saved and 
realize, I'm reading the Bible, when he's talking about saints, he's not just talking about Paul. He's talking about me. That that's what Christians are supposed to be. And you know what saint means? It's a holy one. Called to be holy ones. When the saints go marching in, I, you know, I always thought that was, watch all the saints go marching into heaven. But no, that's to be you and I, right? Saints called to be holy ones. See, moral purity has to be contended for, right? It has to be contended for. This is such a perverse, unclean, impure generation. And God love you, there are, there are men out here tonight that you have battled and failed, you have struggled and you're, you're here tonight desperate to break through in this realm of moral purity. Right? God wants us to live holy. A pure mind, pure eyes, right? A pure heart. And right, we didn't come into this thing like that, did we? Right? We came into this from an unholy background, impurity, ungodliness, and it has exploded in our generation and the church of Jesus Christ to tragedy after tragedy as internet pornography takes one other life and ministry and testimony and marriage down the tubes. As that internet sucks you in one more time, you say, never again. I'm never going to, and yet you do. And nobody knows. God knows. And God is calling us to holiness, purity. You shall be holy, for I am holy. Pure in our morals. And I want to just touch on this before I move on. Because there's another aspect of this, and has, this has to do with our mouth. You know, when Isaiah saw God lifted up, his train filling the temple, he said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Tonight, the thing that struck Isaiah was how he spoke. And I know that moral imperfection, moral violation has brought a curse on many a life. But I want to insist tonight that there's also another thing. And that's how men and women, but we're men here tonight, so we're just going to talk to us. Use our mouths. Slander, gossip, lies, and unbelief. Right? 
just to pour forth from your mouth. Your bad attitude, <laughs> right out of your mouth. So how are you doing, bro? Oh, good. Praise God. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, life's great. Isn't God good? Okay, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, holiness needs to get a hold of your heart. Right? A heart set aside for God. So what... What business do you have speaking against your pastor, right? Getting your little cabal of people together and uh, talking about, and, and running him down and, and pointing out his flaws and his imperfections and, and, uh, and, uh, and mis misinterpreting his actions and putting him in the worst light possible. That's wicked. It's evil. It's unholy. The gossip, the slander, the lies, the unbelief. You know, there are so many glorious things that God wants to do in your church. And the thing that is so often kills it is the words that come out of your mouth. Did you see that? Three people saved in the music scene. Yeah, they won't be back. <laughs> seen them come, seen them go. Your death, man, you need to repent, right? You need to repent. Your, your tongue needs to start aligning in holiness. You're not going to speak slander, gossip, lies, unbelief, right? Isaiah was struck by the fact that, you know what? I got to quit talking so negative. I need to quit talking so unbelieving. And this is a prophet who had spoken the words of God. I want to close with the Holy Spirit. There's a woman who received a phone call from work. Her daughter was at home, grievously uh, sick with a fever. She, she ran from Work, went to get, a uh, doctor called in a prescription at the, uh, to the pharmacy. She went to, in to get the medication, and in her, in her anxiety over the whole thing, she locks her keys in the car. And so here she is, her, her daughter is home with a fever. She is stuck in the parking lot, her keys in the car, the medication in her hand, and she cries out, God, help me. Undertake for me. I need a miracle. And, and just as she speaks this, this big old greasy biker pulls up. Need some help, ma'am? Yes. I mean, she runs out the whole story. You know, ladies, I have to tell the whole story. You don't. And she says, well, I think I can help you. And so in about a minute flat, he's got the door open. And she hugs him. She says, you are such a wonderful, wonderful man. He says, no, I'm not. Actually, just got out of prison. I got out of prison for breaking into cars. <laughs> <laughs> and so she just lifts her hands. 
thank God you sent a professional. <laughs> See, when it, when it comes to holiness, thank God he sent us a professional. <laughs> he sent us a professional in the Holy Spirit. Okay? We're talking about holiness is not just what you don't do anymore. I don't drink, smoke, chew, or kiss the girls that do. I'm about as holy as you can get. You're about as holy as your German shepherd. Right? And holiness does mean that there's stuff that you don't do anymore. Absolutely. And yet, we're talking about a holiness of spirit, a holiness of soul, something that is not just the fact that you don't do some wicked things. There's supernatural help. See, this is a prayer, right? This is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? If God's name is going to be hallowed in the earth, it's going to have to be prayed for. Right? It just follows. It's going to have to be prayed for. That's the first part of the prayer. That's the first priority. But it also means that we're talking to God and that he wants to do that. Right now, if your life does not represent holiness, I have... Very encouraging news for you. God wants you to live holy. And he wants you to ask his help. And he wants to provide that help. He has sent us a professional. In 1 Thessalonians, it says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct your way to you, our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Holiness has to be prayed into being, prayed into our experience. Now, Paul is praying for the Thessalonians, that they would be holy. Jesus says that we need to pray that way. As it's not enough just to have your pastor praying for you. You need to pray for you. See, as pastors struggle over the years, this is a constant thing, trying to get people to pray. Preach on prayer, example of prayer, uh, uh, prayer meetings, pray, pray, please pray. Would you pray? Would you do? Here's this guy who prayed, and this guy who prayed, and Elijah prayed, and Moses prayed, and David Brainerd prayed, and praying Hyde prayed, and you know, <laughs> would you pray? <laughs> there are a lot of reasons to pray. We need a lot of stuff. 
right? We need a lot of help. But the thing that we need most is we need God's holiness to be reproduced in our lives. And it's not going to happen if you don't pray. It has to be prayed into your experience. How do people battle through in holiness who never pray? I don't get it. I, I can't, I, you know, I mean, I know me. Can we talk? I mean, I know me. I know that I've got to be before God, praying, getting help from heaven to live for God. Now, I don't think I'm all that creepier than you are. Right? You need to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name in me. Right? Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Forgive me. Lord, I need help in holiness. Changing us in holiness requires the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, even from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, that's, that's our hope, right? The Holy Spirit will help us live holy. We don't just do this by our human effort. We have to put our effort in. That's a part of walking in the Spirit, is that you have to put feet to what you know the Word of God says. You've got to engage your will. But the Holy Spirit meets us at that point as we trust Him. God, you are going to help me. You're going to help me keep my eyes clean. You're going to help me keep my mind clean. You're going to help me keep my heart right. You're going to help me represent your holiness in the earth. God, I'm desperate. Are you? Are you desperate tonight? Or is it, uh, well, you know, I mean, it's okay. And, I, and that's good for the superstar saints, you know, the folks that really want to do something for God. As for me, I, you know, I just uh, sit here so I don't really have to be holy. No, are you desperate that God's holiness would be established in your life. It is number one with God. It is number one, the first request. His name be hallowed. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. See, we're people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, I trust. You speak in other tongues. Thank God for that. But the Holy Spirit was not just given so that you can speak in tongues. It's given you to equip you for a work for God and to strengthen you with might by His Spirit in your inner man down 
deep where you really live. You know, the old hymn, Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea, cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee, which word and art and evermore shall be. Right, that, that needs to be our cry, that God's holiness would be made known in the earth. And it's gonna, be, it's gonna have to be made known through us. We're the agents. Our evangelism, our worship, our lifestyle, the, the character, and thank God, thank God that if we will pray, if we will seek Him with a broken-hearted cry, God, help me to be holy, He will answer that prayer. He will bring that to your experience. Are you saying that from this moment on, I'll be perfect and never have a bad thought? And never, No, I'm telling you that you can lay hold of God and He will bring His holiness strengthen you with might by His Spirit in your inner man that you can reflect the image of Jesus Christ in your life. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.